Welcome everyone, we're about to begin by Hashem Shir number 351 in Shalom Bayis and we're in the middle of the book 10 Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart Couples Make by Brentsy and Schaefer and we're in the middle of discussing the third mistake the third mistake is forgetting that love is the glue of marriage the previous Shir we talked about how important it is not to blame a lousy marriage on Hashem we have Bechira, and we have the ability to be intentional and loving and developing those skills and tools to make it a beautiful marriage. And Hashem wants us to do that Hishtadlis. And when we do that Hishtadlis, Hashem fills in the rest. We talked about the importance of date nights. We talked the importance of connecting. We talked about the difference between infatuation, which is very short-lived, versus romantic love. Not the secular term romantic love out there, but true romantic love that takes time, that's intentional, that takes, it's enjoyable, but also takes discipline, and to commit to reignite that spark of going out, leaving the house, not talking about other things other than yourselves, and learning to enjoy that. And we talked about even if it's tight financially, to invest to be able to do this. And then to continue on that, that one of these things, which is a tremendous subject in this subject, but also on its own, is that very often, especially if, let's say, you're married 10 years and you have five children, Kanainahara, and um, you, you, you know, and, 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 and you're being advised, go at least once a week, the very least once every two weeks, a date night where you and your husband go out just for yourself. And one of the reasons that many mothers give uh, is that, you know, that's not fear to the kids. They need me at night. What about the homework? What about the putting them to bed? And so on and so forth. And Rabin Sin Shefer tries to explain here that although, you know, it's coming from a good place because you care about your children, you definitely want to make sure they're with their homeworks and everything's misudder. But if you look at the long-term benefits of for your children, is not that they do that homework or that they have to get that 90 on that test, so you have to study with them, or even if they lose a little sleep uh, because uh, you know, you're know you not home and there's a babysitter and they go to sleep later than normal and they won't be able to function that well the next day. All of these are factors, but they're short-term factors. The greatest gift long-term that you could give to your children, the way he puts it, is a secure, happy home. And maybe, I'm quoting from his book now, and maybe the single greatest trauma to a child is to grow up in a home where a husband and wife are constantly fighting, or worse, that they divorce. I'm quoting from his book word for word now because I feel this is extremely important. To a young child, mommy and daddy are the center of the universe. They are the source of identity. You are their world. If mommy and daddy separate, the very fabric of your child's existence crumbles. You might as well tell them that heavy objects will no longer fall or the sun won't rise anymore. People like to promote the idea that children are resilient and they'll adapt to the situation, but living through a divorce and years-long custody issues following that is traumatic, and being brought up in a happy home is probably the single biggest ingredient in a child becoming a wholesome, well-developed person. By the way, he talks about it more like in divorces, but I'm talking even along the lines of, let's say the divorce is not even on the table for either one of you, but just you have a contentious marriage or a distant marriage that is very traumatic and hurtful to most children. So if you're legitimately concerned about your children, 
and you really want what's best for them, even though short-term for that night it seems that they're quote-unquote losing out by you not being there, this is the long-term best thing you could do for them. We talked about it also is when you have young children and you decide, I'm going with my husband, with my wife, on a three, four-day vacation, and I'm parceling out this child with this friend, that child with that friend, and even the baby, the less than one-year-old, who won either a, a family member or whoever is kind enough to do that chesed for you to take care of that child for those four days, it seems like abandonment. It's the best matani you could give them. And the way he puts it, if Ruchi doesn't know every Rambam and Chumash, she'll function very well in life. Shlomi didn't got a 70 on his math test instead of the 90, he'll be fine. But if families fall apart, not just divorce, but even in contentious, difficult marriages, then, then, then it's much more harmful for the children. So in a, in a weird way, you need to, he, he puts this the title as one of his titles here, to rescue your marriage from your children. Sounds selfish, sounds crazy, because again, we're brought up, and it is true, about the whole shirish of marriage is to give to your children and to be spread, be mamshech the dairis further and the mysterious nefesh that you need to have for them. All of this is very true. But with that, your marriage comes first before anything else. Before your work, before your social obligations, before your learning, before your communal responsibility, before your parents, before your in-laws, and before your children even. Yes, and before your children even. Doesn't mean you neglect them, holy Lord, abandon them, or whatever it is. But for those short time periods where you and your husband, for the better of the marriage, need that time to connect and to enjoy each other, that has to happen. It is not selfish. It may seem selfish. Seems selfish that we're going on a four day vacation out somewhere in a nice hotel with a spa or whatever it is, you know, with a with a with a whirlpool in the room. Makes no difference. This is sounds as selfish as can be. It's the greatest thing you could give to your children. That is, he uses this title, it is strange. Rescue your marriage from your children. And it's very, very important. It's the greatest obstruction to shalom bias the children if you don't handle it properly. And ironically, that's the worst thing you could do for your children. By rescuing your marriage from your children, you're doing the, giving the best gift you could possibly give to your children. That's the paradox. Children are the biggest bracha in the world. And their needs are great. And there's a lot of koiches that have to be put into them. There's no way around that. And there's a mysterious nefesh there all along. But they need to know. Tuesday night, they're out. Mommy and Tati are out. One, twice a year, whatever it is, this tkufa, that tkufa, they're not around for four days. And they know this. They don't like it. They're not crazy about it. Some of them could be very lonely, teary-eyed. This is the way it is. Short-term, they'll be upset. Looking back, they'll realize, especially after they're out of the house and they understand what was going on and why, that's one of the things they'll appreciate the most about your marriage, that you took time for yourselves. They'll be grateful that their parents took time for themselves to have a secure marriage for them. Because if this doesn't happen, what happens is is you find many couples that fight constantly and they don't even know why they're fighting. We're not talking about Khalila, he started drinking or she started gambling 
or 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 one of their children went off the derech, or who knows what. It, it, it could be nothing really intrinsically wrong. If you put your finger on it, there's nothing really wrong here. But nevertheless, they're constantly fighting and arguing, and it's spiraling out of control. Things are slipping. All of a sudden, when she says something now, he takes it the wrong way. She's hurt. She responds back. He gets hurt. They start yelling at each other. He walks away. She walks away. Cold shoulder, stonewalling, all of this stuff, and, 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 and the spiral out of control. And it should not have gotten to this point. Sometimes there are bumps in the road that there's a reason why it could cause that, which you have to stop anyway. But very often, what happens? It, because there was a distance. There was a distance that allowed to happen. If there is a deep connection between the two, with those date nights, with those being with each other, so even if here and there in daily life, a husband and wife will hurt each other, it's part of life. Even if they don't intend to, even they may not realize it. It's a close relationship. They'll hurt each other. They'll be hurt feelings. But if they are close with one another, and there's respect, and there's love in the marriage there is tolerance and forgiveness, and that could be repaired easily. She knows that her husband loves her. He said an insensitive remark that hurt her deeply, but she knows that he loves her. And when her husband explains, I'm sorry, I was upset because of this and that, and I shouldn't have said this, and she hears it, she accepts it, and is Michael, and the other way around too, both ways. And you can get past those hurts. As a couple, you could move on if you are close. But if you let that distance happen, then there's a gap and a drifting. Then there's a lack of trust, and you won't admit you're wrong, and you're too vulnerable to speak up because out of a fear, you know, because you don't really know each other. And that creates more and more distance and more and more alienation. He's always sensitive, insensitive. She's always picking fights. He's distant. She's cold. He's uncaring. And this starts from the lack of connection. The lack of connection. So the success or failure of your marriage is dependent on the love you feel for each other. But again, not to go overboard when, you know, that that, that you don't always feel it all the time. doesn't mean you feel on your cloud nine all the time. That's not what he means here. But a genuine love and affection in your marriage as friends, as best friends, that even if through in, it's inevitable that you'll hurt each other from time to time, you could heal because you're close. And that love takes time, takes effort, writing notes, sending loving emails, texts, little gifts, cards, letters, encouraging words. The way he puts it, to actually have a love affair with your spouse. To have a love affair with your spouse. Getting away regularly, like we say, doesn't have to be an exotic thing. Simple hotel, getaway, a few nights, fine. And you adjust things with the children, work it out. Family vacations are beautiful, but you need your soul vacations alone as a couple. It needs to be part of life. And um, this is mis- the, 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 the dumb mistake number three that he talks about. Forgetting that love is the glue of the marriage. So the way he puts it, we said this a few times. He, I guess he wants to reiterate this so we have the insight in our head. He calls three pillars of marriage are love and commitment and learning to live together. The commitment to the marriage is the drive to keep working on the marriage. The love is what we're talking about today. It's pleasant work. It's not hard work. 
but it takes discipline. And many couples uh, succeed in doing that. And then the problem is, is the next thing, which he will talk about in, uh, in the upcoming, ongoing shiurim, about that learning to live together. And that is really, really the challenge, but it's a doable challenge. So to just hazard over, to review what we said in these two shiurim, the love here does not mean that infatuation does not mean that you have to be always feeling an intense, tremendous have in your heart 24-7, otherwise there's something wrong. No, that's not what it means. But it needs to be regularly, this hard work towards developing that love and affection for one another. And that takes effort and that takes time. And that love is the glue. It is key and it is the glue. And it is so, so important. Now, he doesn't go into this in this particular chapter. He talked more about a couple spending time together and on date nights where they put aside their finances and their other worries and they just connect on a deep emotional level. And that's, of course, outside the bedroom. But truth go, the truth goes without saying that you need to keep that fire in the bedroom, in the physical intimate life, they're very strong as well and not to allow a distance to take place there that sometimes again through no fault of either one of them it's because life happens stress different factors that you drift apart in this area there are other shurim that we talked about this here and in the panimi groups especially about these things so we're not going to go through the detail here but as you're working on the things discussed in the last two shiurim of finding time to connect with one another on these date nights and on these mini vacations that need to happen without your children you need to both reserve time and effort to make your physical intimate life together very pleasurable very enjoyable and to give you both the time to somehow despite all the stresses in life, to relax, to be calm, to have time at, in some of the nights to somehow schedule that your intimate life and the time together with each other there and to enjoy each other in that realm as well. Like we said many times before in the Shiurim, you cannot separate the intimate life physically with the outside the bedroom life. It all goes hand in hand. Many marriages, a marriage will, again, we're not talking about situations where Khalila, you know, shouldn't happen to anybody, where one is put into a matzev where certain things are mamish not shayach, if there's a severe illness or some other issues where physical intimacy is a challenge or the dating or vacations are a challenge. I know that happens. I know there there are matzavim where where it's, it's basically EF shift or whatever, for whatever reason. But for the majority, but we have to talk also about the klal and the majority of marriages. And Baruch Hashem, in the majority of marriages, you're physically healthy enough to have healthy, intimate relations. Even if things aren't perfect, then there's some sexual dysfunction. Makes no difference. You're physically capable of it, and you're capable of date nights, and you're capable of quality time together on these mini vacations. So for the, we're talking, addressing to those, and those you need to know that one goes without, with hand in hand. If you just focus on the physical and without going in the emotional connection, the marriage will not work. But the other way around too, 
People think it's not, not that way. You think that because you have a deep, deep friendship and a soul connection and you love each other and support each other and even hug each other. But if you don't have the real physical intimate life, that also won't last. You need them both. So the quality time and the love and the commitment to foster that love has to be outside the bedroom, inside the bedroom, both, and connecting in very deep emotional ways and finding the time as much as you might say nefesh for the children, and you do that most of the time, but those date nights are reserved. Those vacation times are reserved. Those special nights at night where they're able to go to sleep early or some of the older kids are out and you could have that intimate night together alone you know, from early, earlier in the night where you have time and you could be relaxed, very important. You give that time to one another. And that is true romantic love in a healthy way, not infatuation. But you need to add that spark and you need to, it's discipline, but it's enjoyable discipline. In the beginning, it may be awkward. We haven't talked this way in who knows how, how long. That's part of it. It's awkward in the beginning. To go back after 10, 12 years of marriage, to go back and try to retrace the way you were talking to each other before the kids, where you were dating and, and trying to be shina and, and connecting in deep ways one-to-one, you need to start doing that again. The fact that you have Baruch Hashem, uh, the gift of children and parnos and all these achrayas should not take that away. That still has to be a given. That still has to be a constant. And with that tzchus, marriages could thrive and heal and grow. Baruch